Welcome to History for Heathens. I am Cassier. And I am Aliyah Nelson. And this podcast is about history. We're going to be going over certain topics and points in history together. To educate you heathens. That's true. Because you all need to learn. I am pursuing a degree within the studies of antiquities and humanities. And I'm, I'm just here. Today, we are covering ancient Babylonia. What do you know about ancient Babylonia, first and foremost? The most I can say is I think it has something to do with the Bible. And that's all I know. You're not wrong. <laughs> so a few terms before we get into the ancient Babylonia. Um, we're not going to be using BCAD terms. We're going to be using BCE, which is before Common Era, and then uh, CE, which is Common Era. So a little bit of background. Uh, BCE is, so let's say it's your 2021 in BCE. Uh, it's going from up to down. So the end year in BCE would be year one. The starting year in CE would be year one all the way up to 2021. Get it? Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So Babylonia was established in 1895 BCE and then was de-established in 539 BCE. So it was established for about 1300 years? Yes, pretty much. Wait, so what does de-established mean in this context? So, in Babylonian context, Bab- uh, de-established means that it was conquered, but it also failed as an empire because they relied purely on one king. And we'll we'll get into that. Um, it was preceded by Samaria and succeeded by, by the Achaemenid Empire. Uh, it was founded more than 4,000 years ago and is now part of modern-day Iraq and Syria. So what we now consider as the Middle East? Yes. It's kind of funny how it's the one place that most people discriminate against a lot. And it was where a lot of civilization, <laughs> civilizations civilization started. Yeah. Uh, so it started as like a small port on the Euphrates River. Uh, and it became large and prosperous during the rule of King Hammurabi. So you know how I said that it relied purely on one king. That was Hammurabi. So let's Hamur- go for Hammurabi. Hammurabi? Mm-hmm. Or Hammurabi. I think it is. Hammurabi. That's like it Rabbi? It's difficult with Middle East pronunciations, and especially since it's ancient pronunciations, and we don't have, like, an exact knowing of what that, like, how he pronounced his name, because nobody... Pr- Nobody pronounced it. Like, we have a good idea of, like, Latin and, like, Greek and Egyptian, but we don't know anything about Babylonian, because guess what they used? Cuneiform! <laughs> That's how they wrote. That's how they wrote? As in, so what is cuneiform? Cuneiform. So cuneiform is the first basic uh, form of writing recorded that we know of. And, yeah, cave paintings did exist. Humans did tell their stories through cave paintings. But the first, like, phonetic alphabet that we have on record is cuneiform. And it was basically just the Babylonians and, like, Mesopotamians and Sumerians' way of communicating trade. So they did, like, they had, like, these slates of clay. And while the clay was still wet, they used, like, sharp uh, pieces of wood. And they just did, like, little notches into the clay of how they, uh, and, like, two notches would be, like, two pieces of barley, and then there would be, like, uh, two notches with, like, lines coming from them, and that would be wheat. 
it would just be like different symbols for different things that they were trading. And since it was such a small uh, port at the time, it they had very little that they were trading. Um, so they didn't have to make up too many words. No, they didn't. But Hammurabi, he changed everything for the Babylonians. So we're going to start covering him now because he, he made Babylonia a city-state, a prosperous military power. And he was their, their ultimate downfall, pretty much. And it's amazing how it happened. So his name was Hammurabi. Hammurabi. Like hemorrhoids. Sure, let's go with that. <laughs> Hammurabi. So he turned Babylonia into a major military power. He ruled from 1792 BCE to 1750 BCE. And here's a cool fact about him. You know the phrase, an eye for an eye? Yeah, I've heard it. He created that phrase. He created it's a complete the first complete legal code that we know of, and he created it for Babylonia. So he was like the first one to create laws, pretty much like a fu- like a functioning government. Now the Code of Hammurabi, two hundred and eighty two proclamations were all created and written in a if then form. So, for example, if a man steals an ox, he owes 30 times its value. 30 times? 30 times. That's just, like, an example. I'm not too sure if that was actually a proclamation, but it's just, hey, if this man steals an ox, he now owes me 30 more oxes. And it it just happens. (laughs) Uh, So they all range from family law to professional contracts. And it outlines... The three classes of Babylonia. Classes as in social classes? Yes. So there's the three classes of Babylonia. It is the property classes, the free man, and the slaves. Uh, so the property classes had more freedom. Uh, so like, let's say a doctor has a practice in Babylonia. Uh, he can charge the uh, property class more than he can charge the slave class. So the slave has more access to healthcare than the property class does, which I think is amazing. So it's based on the amount of money they make. Exactly. So a slave could make, like, I don't know what their exact money form was, I think it was just food, but... As uh, in trading. Yeah. So a slave could make this much, and the doctor would be like, yeah, I can trade you medicine for barley. And the slave would only owe, like, three pieces of barley for, like, three containers of medicine. Whatever their medicine was. I'm pretty sure it was just herbs at that time. No, like, scientific medicine was created at the time. It was mostly homeopathic. Pretty much. Like, every doctor had. Uh, no. Babylonia fell when Hammurabi died. He died suddenly. There's no record of how he died. We don't know how he died. We just know he existed. Was it from hemorrhoids? <laughs> Probably! Who knows what went around at that time? <laughs> Anyways, so after the death of Hammurabi, there was a new line of kings that came in and created a Neo Babylonian Empire. And Neo means. New. So the new kings created a new Babylonian Empire. And I don't have any records on these new kings, I couldn't find anything. 
But I did find one on the Persian king Cyrus the Great, and he is a prominent part in this history. Why do they always call themselves the Great? There's like Alexander the Great and Cyrus the I don't Great. Think it, I, I don't think it's them that gives them the title. I think it's the people. So the people think they're great. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, Alexander the Great, he did go to Egypt, and he did, like, trade, create trade routes, and he created an empire. Are you sure For the, the king? Are you sure these kings aren't going around and being like, "My name's Alexander the Great"? I mean, they probably like embraced it once the people were like, "Yeah, have you heard this guy Alexander? He's really awesome." And yeah, I think he's really great too. <laughs> I just think that would happen, <laughs> and then they were like, "You know what? I'm going to start calling myself the Great." Sure, are you sure? About yes. <laughs> my name. This is my title now, the Great. And that Ivan guy, Ivan the Terrible. He must have sucked. Yeah, we don't really talk about him. We don't want to. <laughs> He's not a big point. Can you imagine if he made that name for himself, though? He's like, I am Ivan the Terrible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like, I know I'm not a good guy. At least he's self-aware, you know? <laughs> Alright, so going into the next point. This is where uh, Babylonian history starts to get a little more onto the dark side. Because this entire time we've been covering Babylonia and how prosperous it was and how amazing it was, but every little piece of story of history has its downfall, has its dark side. It's kind of like how they say it's not all glitz and glamour in Hollywood. Pretty much. It's not all glitz and glamour in Babylonia. Um, so during King Hammurabi's rule, he did conquer the kingdom of Judah. Which is in which was in the sixth century, and it was very prosperous for the Jews. A lot of Jews lived there. Um, however, when Hammurabi died and the kings took over, uh, Nebuchadnezzar II uh, took thousands of Jews from the city of Jerusalem. And then, when the Persian king Cyrus conquered Neo Babylonia, he freed those Jews, and all those Jews returned to Jerusalem, where they then practiced their religion. So, coming from this, and we're not bashing on any religion at all. We accept all religions. We accept everybody. The Tower of Babel. You know how you said that this is, you think it's the Bible? Babel plays a big part. The Tower of Babel? Babel. 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 Uh, Babylonia Babel. Babbling brooks. Yeah. (laughs) So the Christians portrayed Babylon as a wicked city. Babylon is, if there were capital states or capital cities at this time, Babylon would be in Babylonia. Like DC for the United States. Exactly. Or like uh, Oslo for Norway. Yeah. Um, So Babylon to the Christians was considered a wicked city. While the Hebrew scriptures depicted it as a capture place where they were enslaved. It capture place as in once they got there they could never leave, basically. Oh, as in they got there and they were slaves forever, kind Pretty of. Pretty much. Until uh Cyrus the Great took them out of there and released them. Um we there is no actual tower. We don't have any like evidence of Tower of Babel, it is purely speculation if it actually existed. But the Tower of Babel was a tower that they tried to build to bring it up to the heavens. And God got angry at the humans for doing this and struck the tower down. 
Um, it's like, uh-uh, you ain't coming to heaven yet. Yeah, pretty much. Like, it's not your time. What do you think you're doing? It's like, uh-uh, you ain't coming here. Um, another, uh, it's called the seven, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world is the walls of Babylon. And these walls surrounded Babylonia to protect it from any outside threat. And they were said to be 40 feet tall. How tall is it, like, compared to the Wall of China? Because that's also pretty renowned. I'm not too sure. I don't know how tall the Wall of China actually is because it's on a mountain range. So it, like, ranges in size, doesn't that's it? That's true. Yeah. So... Uh, so it's like a wall that's as great as the Great Wall of China. Mm-hmm. And its radiance was 200 square miles all around. Radiance? Radius. 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 That's the word I'm looking <laughs> it's for. It's radiance. It shined over yes. 200 miles 200 away. 200 square miles. <laughs> um, and it, one king claimed that the walls on top were so wide that chariot races could be held on top of them. Ooh. Oh, that was, it was not by a king, it was by uh, Herod, Heterus, who was a Greek historian. Heterus. Yes, and he claimed that the walls were so wide that chariot races could be like, on top of them. Heterus. <laughs> yes, Heterus. <laughs> so, now we're going to go into pantheons. Uh, the Babylonians were not monotheistic. They had many gods that they worshipped. Uh, unlike the Christians who had a singular god. So we're going to go over the basic gods, like their more important roles, what their titles are. And most gods had a city that they were dedicated to. Kind of like the Egyptians had like a god had a city. And their temple was dedicated purely to them in that city. Also in like, I know in Greek, Greece, there were a lot of them. like Athens, which was dedicated to Athena. Yes. And then like the Spartans more leaned towards Ares, but then there was... Uh, many more gods that respect, like, many more gods that are respected in different places. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna start with Marduk, and he was the primary god. He was the Zeus of the gods in Babylonia, and he had a pet dragon, and, uh, his city was Babylon. A dragon. A dragon. A pet dragon. And we're going to get to that. Ooh, we're going to talk about the dragon? We're going to talk about yes, the dragon. I love dragons. So, then there was Nurgle, the god of the underworld. He was considered a evil god, and he brought war and famine. Why are all gods of the underworld considered evil? Well, not all gods of the underworld are considered evil. So, for example, like, in Greece, they think Hades is evil, but really he's not. He's actually a very kind guy. Uh... And there are many misconceptions that Hades is actually the god of death, but that is actually Thanatos. Yeah, I was like, is it not Thanatos? He's yeah, the god and of death. sometimes Hermes will bring the dead down. Oh, yeah, because he's like a messenger. And like with the Egyptians, uh, Anubis isn't their god of death. He's their god of mummification. Osiris is actually the god of death. He's the one that rules the underworld. Is it just because people hate death that they always consider those who represent death or the underworld as evil? Pretty much, because it is one thing that humans want to avoid. It's one thing that they never want to face. But that's a topic for another day, so let's just avoid death all in itself. Let's go into the philosophy of death instead. <laughs> I don't think I have the energy to go into philosophy of death. <laughs> so there's Tiamat, the goddess of the sea. She is a dragon. 
She is a dragon. She's a dragon. Like, what kind of dragon? Does she is she like a sea dragon? Or does she would, have wings too? I would. It's not specified. We just know she's a dragon. But going, but considering like Middle East and Eastern mythologies of dragons, I'd say that she's like a serpent-like dragon with no wings, but like still has legs yeah. and it's just magical in general. <laughs> magic, magic. Um, dragons are always cool and magical and. Yes. Yeah. Uh, also, <laughs> Nurgle's uh, city uh, respect was Kuthu. Kuthu. And not every, like, as far as I can tell, I couldn't get, like, all the cities that these gods were worshipped in. Yeah. Uh, there's Shamash, uh, the Babylonian version of Utu. And Utu is a god of sun, justice, and law. And Utu is a Sumerian god. So, Shamash. 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 And I couldn't, I think it's a god. Pretty damn sure it's a god. Shamash? Shamash. Shamash. Shamash? Shamash. Shamash. Yeah, we'll just go with that. Shamash. Uh, there's Ea, who is the same as Enki. And Enki is a shaper of world, wisdom, intellect, and magic. Magic. So Ea is basically their world creator. Like the creation god. Yeah, think of Toth from, or Toth from Egyptian mythology. The god of wisdom and all-knowing. And make him a world creator. Oh, or like kind of like Athena from Greece mythology. Well, Athena, she's not really a creator god, but she is very intellectual. I was talking about the, the intellect, yeah, the wisdom she's, and knowledge. Her part. wisdom is more of war because she is still a war god. That's true. But she's more of the intellectual war, while Ares is the bloodshed war. Yeah. Um, and then there's uh, Uhu. Or Ahu, who is the head of gods. Who is... The head of gods? But I thought, what about Marduk? Well, we'll there's like a whole mythology off of this. And then there's Ishtar, who is the goddess of sexuality. She is the Aphrodite of the Babylonians. The goddess of sexuality. Sexuality, love, anything considered to marriage, all that. Oh, interesting. And she's one of the more popular goddesses that is worshipped and known today. Oh, I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to go into their creation myth and their destruction myth. Okay. So everything originated from water in Babylonian mythology. A mixture of sweet water and salt water, which were two separate gods, created uh, created more gods. Uh, those gods created Lak- Lakmu, who then created two serpents, who then created uh, gods that were uh, the heavenly world and the earthly world. So then it's just those gods created the great god. So it's god, create god, create god, create god, basically. And it just kept going? It just kept going up until it reached the great gods. So, which I think is weird because you think the great gods would be the creation gods. No, it's like no. We have to keep get. We have to keep creating each other until yeah. we got it right. Yeah, <laughs> it's like humans. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta keep reproducing until we get at least one generation correct, which is never gonna happen. No I generation don't. is ever gonna be correct. <laughs> anyway, but that's what makes us all unique. <laughs> Pretty much. Um. So the noisy new gods angered the older gods. So they're so. Like, the new gods were, like, so powerful and noisy, and they wanted to do everything, and they wanted to explore, and this create this angered the older gods, and one of the older gods was named Apsu. 
So Aya, the god of intelligence, learned that Apsu, if I wrote that one down, I did not, but it's one of the older gods. I think it was the one that was the heavenly and then the earthly. Uh, the one who separated them, or was he specifically in charge of the heavenly or the earthly? Part? I think he was specifically in charge of the heavenly. Mm -hmm. Uh. Aya learned that Apsu was going to destroy the gods, and he- so Aya captured her- uh, Apsu is a female. Her and, uh, Mumu, which is another god. Mumu? Mumu. Mumu? Like Mumu Hills Mumu. in Mario. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Watch um, out for those cows. Oh, yeah, they're destructive. So, Tiamat, the dragon- created an army to punish Apsu for kidnapping these two gods because they were going to destroy the rest of the gods. I I'm on Aya's side here like if you're going to if you're going to destroy an entire generation of gods, you might as well get permission to do it. Not just because you're the higher ranking god, but you got to talk it out first, right? <laughs> permission from who? Are you going to go up to someone and be like, "Hey, can I destroy you?" <laughs> Yeah, they're gonna totally say, that's chill with me. Destroy me. <laughs> so, so, Tiamat created her army of demons and, like, minor deities to destroy Aya. To get revenge on Aya to release Apsu and Mumu. Demons. 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 Yeah, there was still, like, this is where, like, the whole genie idea and demon idea came into play in the Middle East. Oh. So... Uh, Ia called on Marduk, and Marduk promised to conquer Tiamat. Now, before he, uh, he called on Marduk, uh, he called on other gods and said, "Hey, can you take over? Can you conquer Tiamat and save everybody?" Basically, and they all failed. They couldn't handle it. So Marduk said, "Yeah, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll I'll defeat her under one condition: I become the king of gods." And all the others agreed. Ah, uh, that? Yeah. <laughs> so, they gave him a, a scepter, a throne, and an inv invincible weapon. I don't know what weapon it was, but it considering was... how this was the Middle East, I consider it, like, to be a club or a form of sword. Ah. But it was invincible. It was invincible. Nothing could break it, basically. Never. Never broken. Uh, Marduk killed Tiamat. Just like that? Just like, totally went and like, oh, you're dead. No, no problem with it. That. It was a long fight, <laughs> I, I'm assuming, but I'm pretty sure he killed her pretty quickly. I mean, she's a dragon. Uh, like, I think it was like she was about to eat him, and he just went, chop. <laughs> oh, not the dragon. I know. I think that's where his pet dragon comes in. It's Tiamat. But what <laughs> he cuts up her body. And this is where I relate it to Norse mythology, where they cut up Ymir's body. Oh. And he, or not cut up Ymir's body, but Ymir uh, decomposes and he creates the Nine Realms, basically, and all the people that live inside of it. Um, so he cuts up her body and he realized that with one half of her body, he can create the heavens. And with the other half, he can create the earth. And with his, with her army, they were confused when she fell. They're like, well, what, what do we do now? Our general or our leader fell. And 
he just threw them down into the underworld. <laughs> the underworld was already created, and so he's just like, you know what? You guys are going down here forever. Like the Tartarus of the underworld. Oh. Just be like, yeet! Yeah, pretty much. Um, so, then it he fixed the universe. So he put the stars in line. He created the yearly calendar. He had the sun and moon rise constantly. He just cr- fixed everything that was wrong that Tiamat made wrong, basically. Oh. And... Then, he decided to make humans out of the blood of Kingu. Now, Kingu is the general of Tiamat's army. He was the only general? Only general. He was her second hand. Uh. And the gods suddenly started to hate the humans after this. We don't know why, but it just happened. The gods started to hate the humans. I think it's because of their misdeeds. I don't want to say sins, because... Sins is a Christian thing. Yeah, but misdeeds. There's always a reflection of what you do. There's always going to be their misdeeds against the gods or each other. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, wait, why do they make them out of the blood of the general of Tiamat? Pettiness. (laughs) (laughs) Like I think it's just pure pettiness. Um, Well, humans got to be created out of something, like. In Greek mythology, it's they were made out of mud. They were created out of yeah. mud and clay. In uh, Norse mythology, they were made out of the... Uh, this is going to sound really weird. They were made from the armpits of Ymir. Want to know something more? Dwarves were made from the maggots that fed on his body. <laughs> I wish I was kidding. Also, his blood created rivers and streams and the ocean. Wasn't Ymir a serpent? No, that was Yorgamangandr, which we'll go into later. Yorgamangandr is still a Jotun, which in uh, Norse terms is a giant. Ymir was a giant, but he was the first giant created. And that's a whole creation myth all in itself. I was so confused, because you're like, created from the armpits, and I'm like, a snake? Isn't it a serpent? Where is the armpits on a serpent? No, he has a human figure, don't worry. (laughs) That makes much more sense. (laughs) So, uh, she's cut up, blood from hum- blood creates humans, um, and then the gods suddenly start hating the humans. And they decided they needed to destroy the humans, the, hu- the entire human race. <laughs> Ea wanted to spare humans. He really liked the humans, and plus he created them. They're his creation. Why does he want to destroy his own creation? Yeah, that's, that's fair. And so he told a human, Uda Napish- Napishtim, uh, to build a boat for his family and all living creatures. Does that sound familiar? Sounds very similar to the Noah and the Ark. Yep. Uh, I believe this is where the Noah's Ark myth came from, but every single mythology, it seems like, does have a flood myth. Yeah, either a, a creation and a destruction myth. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that destruction myth is the flood. Yeah. But sometimes it's a creation, a flood, a new build, and then destruction of everything. Yeah. Um, so he, so Uda, we're going to refer to him as Uda from now on, built the ship. It took him a while and then he finished it on the last day when the rain started to pour. Mm -hmm. And so he sailed for six days on that ship. And then on the seventh day, the rain stopped, the water drained away, and he sent some birds out to go look and see if there was any land, if it was safe for land. But nothing came back. No birds came back to talk to him. 
And so he was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to see if it's livable. So he climbed off his ship with his wife. And they climbed to the top of a mountain where they then made a sacrifice to the god Ahil. Now, Ahil did not like this sacrifice. It's not specified what kind of sacrifice. Ahil. Ahil. A- on a mountain. A hill on a- <laughs> Sacrifice yeah. to a hill on, on a mountain. mountain. <laughs> uh, a hill did not like this sacrifice. And he was angered. Sorry, his name is a nil. It's not a hill. It's a nil. Just ruined my whole joke. <laughs> <laughs> so, he's very angered by the sacrifice that Uda gave him. And Aya co- steps in and is like, Hey, let's think about this. Let's talk about this real quick. And he calms uh, a nil down. And Enil, in return for the sacrifice, makes Uda's wife immortal. Why the wife? I don't know. And that's where it ends. That's where the myth ends. That's all that's known? That's all that's known. I'm pretty sure they go on to, like, recreate the human race. Is that why she's immortal? So that all the, all the men could keep on cre- reproducing? Until her? eventually there's more females? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the end of... Babylonia, it's we know very little about it because it's such a small known ancient civilization. Well, it's also thousands of years yeah. old. And but it's like the baseline of so many cultures. Like there's the Tower of Babel, which is in Christian and uh Hindu. Or did I say Hindu? I think I said Hindu. Yeah, I think so. Let's see. Hebrew. It's Hebrew. H. H words are difficult. Anyways, that's ancient Babylonian Mesopotamia. What do you think of it so far from what you know now? I mean, it seems really interesting, and I'd love to live there knowing what I know now, except for the fact that I'm a woman, and old ages and women don't really mix because... I would probably be staked, killed, or something like that. <laughs> well, that's later on. But yeah, women were very discriminated against during this time. But it, it also depends on where you are in the world that you're going to get discriminated against. But ancient Babylonia, I'd say, like especially with the new founding laws, they are a lot more lenient. But there hasn't been much on women at all that I was able to research. That's what I mean. I mean, like yeah. you can't find a lot of prominent woman figures back then because they weren't allowed to be prominent. And if they were, someone else took credit for it. Yeah, let's say if you were a man and you were living in ancient Babylonia, what do you think your life would be like? Would you be a farmer? Would you be an aristocrat? Mm, I'd probably be a farmer, mostly because I hate people, (laughs) so I would never love being an aristocrat. The the simple life. I'd hate having to be like, oh, hello, your dress looks really pretty, or, oh, look, you're so rich and I'm so rich. Yeah, I, I, think, we, I think we I'm both agree that I'd be the aristocrat. <laughs> and I'd just be a farmer on one of your lands, I guess. I think well, that's how it worked. Well, then you would be my slave, not a farmer, and I, would, I don't want that. No, 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 no. It I mean, was, I could hire you. No, it's more like the aristocrat owned, I thought it was more like the aristocrat owned land. Oh, yeah. And then I basically took... And used a part of your line to fly, land to farm. And Somebody, then a portion of my profits would go to you because of it. Somebody was listening during high school history class. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I remember that's something we went over in, in high school. But anyways, so yeah, 
aristocrats did own land and they did hire farmers, uh, I would trust you to take care of my precious pet cow if I was an aristocrat in ancient Babylonia. That's right. I'd take care of your cow, your cats, your <laughs> dogs, your Do they have sheep. Cats? I think cats were more respected in Egypt than any other place. I mean, they hunt mice, but I think dogs can be used for that, too. It was probably more dogs because of hunting. Yeah. Anyways. Is that it? Any any other comments? Questions? Concerns? (laughs) Coagulations? What? (laughs) Okay, that's a word to Google later. (laughs) That that doesn't make sense in that context. I'm sorry. (laughs) Or is that just a word you came up with on the spot? It's... it's, that happens a lot with no, you. No, no, it's not, <laughs> it's like you know blood coagulation. Oh. <laughs> and all of the people who coagulated Angel Babylonia. <laughs> Babylonia. All right, that's the end of the episode then. Hey. Thanks for joining us on our first episode. We're super excited to be doing this together and with all of you. We can't wait to continue making this content and having fun. And I hope you join us for the journey. Thanks!